This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. You get bonus episodes and ad free episodes. Mm -hmm. And I want to give a shout out to some of our more recent supporters. Barb F, Michael Z, Paul J, Lee, Brandon S, and Corax. Which I don't know if that's your name or your username, but either way, I like it. Into it. The problem is, I think, Hemant, is that we don't um, offer check marks for our people <laughs> who. I am so obsessed this with This is on Elon my bonus episode. Musk just flailing. He I, j- literally, as we record this Thursday night, 20 minutes ago, going forward, accounts engaged in parody must include parody in their name, no, not that's just old. in bio. That's days old. No, no, no. Au contraire, mon frere. He rewrote it. <laughs> 7.51 p.m. Oh, September te- uh, November 10th. Oh, God. Sorry. <sighs> he is doing so bad. I think what I'm mostly depressed about is that this guy, out for no good reason, is basically like, I'm rich enough. Mm-hmm. So I can just take this thing and ruin it. And it's like, I, it's one of the only things that I genuinely like in terms of social media. Like, I don't like Facebook. Are you I'll do it because I have to. Are you explaining why capitalism is bad again? Because... Yes. Um, <laughs> like, you don't have to make it this no, hellscape. Uh, I mean, truly. it's a hellscape enough. You oh. don't have to make it worse. And it's like, oh, uh, you're taking away, like, something that brings me happiness. Yeah. There's only, like, three things. Like, One, Twitter. Is Twitter. Two. Survivor. Crosswords. Three crosswords. We're done. We got him. One, two, we three. Got, that's it. Um, yeah, it's it truly is so dystopian that we are in a point that just a rich dude can buy one of the biggest pieces of mass communication. Obviously, what Jeff, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, or one of those but people. Bezos owns the bought Post. it, and then he's like, "All right, do whatever. We'll have a meeting once a year." He doesn't, as far as I can tell, does not touch it, does not play with it. Do you whatever. feel great about it? Don't feel great about it, but I do appreciate that. As far as rich people buying shit goes, mm-hmm. he's like, "Here's my money. I want you to make me money." But in terms of how you do it, I'm going to leave you the hell alone. You, you experts figure it out. Yeah. With Twitter, it's like a one-man show, and the one man doesn't have any clue what he's doing, and it affects me directly. It does. And now that's why Hemant is invested in this fight. Yes. <laughs> and um, finally, he's involved. I can rant about him more in the bonus yeah, episode we'll, if you we'll want. Yeah, we'll get back on this in the bonus episode, <laughs> because it is absolutely astounding to watch it happen in real time again it's exhausting clearly this is the biggest thing that happened this week no i did i do want to talk about the elections before i do let me play you this one clip and then we could talk more about it do i get context uh yeah the context is this is from like summer of 2021 well over a year ago Uh and it's from our friend who i will have twitter know he is still alive uh, Pat Robertson. This is something. He, he came. I think he has already retired, yeah. but he came on the show in 2021, whether or not he was retired, um, to give his predictions on the 2022 midterms. Mm, so let's, on let's see how that played so out. So we know the results. Here's now. the clip. Great. Well, I, I think the House is going to go overwhelmingly toward the Republicans. Mm. The Senate, they'll probably, uh, the, the Republicans will gain a few seats. Mm. And coming up in the the next presidential election, I don't think the Democrats have a candidate that we can see right now. And uh, the Republicans are, are have groomed several very, very uh, appealing candidates. So I, I think 
absent some great catastrophe, we're going to see a, a tsunami, a tidal wave. So Sorry, was he predicting he or was predicting, hoping? Predicting and because hoping. Because those are different things. You can't just, like, if I was like, I think the the Democrats are going to win every house and chamber of God. Like, right. what, what are we, you can't just say what you want to happen, my dude. <laughs> I love, wait, what was the thing about Democrats don't have any candidates? They have no one on the bench. Which, LOL. Um, but the Republicans have what, appealing? Many appealing candidates? Many. Who many do you think at the, counts among those. You know, at the time, a lot of the Senate candidates uh, were not known because they hadn't won their primaries mm. yet. Wait, and oh, when was this? This was from? like summer of twenty twenty one, over a year ago. Dang. Um, okay. But I, I only say that to point out that, like, what he said is not that different from what some. I mean, definitely right-wing media was saying before this week, yeah. it's not different from what a lot of mainstream people and pollers, pollsters and all that were saying this week, which is not only you're going to see Republicans win a ton of House seats, probably enough Senate seats to yeah. win back that majority, but basically red wave, tsunami, whatever you want to call it. Which it's guys, overwhelming. You have to know red wave sounds disgusting. Yeah. And of course, after it didn't happen this week, the jokes involved, it was a red ripple. Uh -huh. It was red spotting. I it was going to say spotting. <laughs> that was going to be mine. A whole bunch of those things. But all of them did not play out as intended. Yeah. And in the case of Robertson, it's not like you were relying on polls that said something. I mean, at this point, this the current Congressional Caucus had been in in for, what, six months? Uh, at the time, it had been six months. And he yeah. was like, listen, gang, I have this shit on lock. <laughs> I know I'm what's going to happen a year and a half from now. I famously have a good grip on how the world works. <laughs> I got yes. this. Everybody stay home. I already know what's going to happen. Uh, so I, That's I don't know. That's what Pat Robertson sounds in my head. <laughs> Yeah, it's Stop a spot-on spot on imitation. It, um, I don't know how useful it would be to talk about the election itself because so much is still up in the air, yeah. but obviously not as much of a red wave. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we're still openly wondering if Democrats have any chance of even holding the House is legit insane. Um, but amazing. Like, wow, they didn't botch everything. Mm -hmm. I do. So... Um um, there was one question that made me laugh so hard. Oh, tell me. They were like, okay, if you're Kevin McCarthy, the head of the Republicans in the House. I heard he's already making a push for Speaker. He is. He would be right now. He's the Republican minority leader in uh -huh. the House minority leader. But if he wins the majority and he ends up being the new leader, do you realize there are like small factions of Republicans? If you only win a majority with like a couple of seats, which is what it looks sure. like right now. He would be, he would go insane because yeah. Democrats, you, yeah, Democrats, whatever complaints you have about them, and we have many, they united for the big Biden things that he wanted to get done. Yeah. The problems tended to come from like cinema or mansion in the Senate. Of course. Republicans in the House, who knows what they'll get done because everyone's going to want a piece of it and they're not going to unite for the sake of governing. They don't care. So if you were Kevin McCarthy and your options were, Democrats keep the House because mm -hmm. they have a slim majority, mm -hmm. or you get to win the House knowing that, like, Lauren Boebert's seat is Ugh. the one that'll tip it into your favor. Yeah. What would you want? I What's think, more important, having the majority hey, guess and who, being the cat herder? Or, hey, guess what? 
Republicans don't care about governing. They mm-hmm. com- they care about being in power. So he 100% so he wants, wants to be power, Speaker of House. He wants but, to sit behind Joe Biden and pull faces during State <laughs> of the Union. I know this motherfucker's game. But all the speaker, the Republican speakers before him have quit precisely because the Repu- the insaner Republicans mm. have driven them so crazy. They're like, none of you want to do anything. I can't control you. Okay, who are I the quit. last? Boehner, Paul Ryan, Damn it, pick. I was going to try to show off that I knew something about politics by <laughs> naming them backwards, you motherfucker. Now they think I'm just a dumb idiot again. It's all good. Thanks, Hemet. You're welcome. I do want to speak a little bit about Kentucky, unless you have anything specific to No, go. To I have a lot house. more. Okay, Um. so my two of my closest friends live in Kentucky, so obviously all night we are just panic texting back and forth. Uh, and uh, Kentucky did come out ahead. They voted yes. Uh, it was one of those... It's one of those things that makes me fucking crazy that it's like, you want to vote? Yes. And the amendment is like, do you want the right to abortion not to appear on this unconstitutional? Right. It's like Which quadruple negatives. Yeah. But anyway, um, the, the uh, basically it passed. There is no constitutional amendment that says you specifically cannot get an abortion in Kentucky. They were trying to put of, an abortion ban. Thank you. They don't have it. Mm-hmm. It makes it a little easier for pe- people like Planned Parenthood to file lawsuits against the state or something because it violates the state constitution. However, but Daniel Cameron, who is the attorney general of Texas. Very Republican. Oh, very you don't say. Mega. It's weird because his whole thing is red. That's mm. so strange. Um, statement regarding Amendment 2. This is the next morning. Yesterday... A majority of Kentucky voters decided not to adopt Amendment 2, which would have added language to our state constitution clearly stating it does not protect or require the funding of abortion. While this result is disappointing, it does not change our belief that there is no right to abortion hidden in the Kentucky <laughs> hidden in the Kentucky Constitution, and that the regulation of abortion policy is a matter that belongs to our elected representatives in the General Assembly. So we call it. Goalpost moving. Mm-hmm. Today, we filed a motion with the Kentucky Supreme Court to explain why this outcome has no bearing on whether the court should consider creating a Kentucky version of Roe v. Wade. We urge the court to interpret our constitution based on its original meeting. We look forward to presenting our case on November 15th, which is what, Monday? Yeah, I mean, they're going to fight against abortion Tuesday? as long as they can. Yeah. The go- it's it's such a weird state. The governor's Democrat. Everyone else is Republican. Well, and, and they put Rand Paul back in, yeah. which I, we were and it all wasn't close. furious about. Same with DeSantis down in Florida. That mm-hmm. was a bummer. Well, hey, it Georgia- turns out when you gerrymander, not only can you win a seat, which, okay, fine. He won that one statewide, but also gerrymandering and drawing your own maps mm. to benefit Republicans. Yeah. And the court's saying, yeah, it looks good to us. It's so funny. How turns that, out you can get a lot done. Yeah, it turns out that when you cheat, <laughs> you tend to win more. Like, the Republicans and the Houston Astros have a lot in common. <laughs> and that we know that they both cheated a lot, and everybody is too, like, polite, question mark, to be like, hey, motherfucker, t- give me that ring back. I'm still mad at the Astros. The weird thing... Fuck those guys. If, like, Democrats... Democrats, if you said, okay, no gerrymandering anywhere, we're in Illinois. They gerrymandered this state, and it worked out perfectly in Illinois. They did it in Nevada, in a way, or at least they changed up boundaries, worked out perfectly. And it's like, if you want to say no gerrymandering anywhere, Mm. I'm on board. So is the party in general, as long as it applies everywhere. everywhere. 
that's not something Republicans would ever say, because in places like Wisconsin and Florida, they benefit so much Mm -hmm. from redrawing the boundaries to, you know, break up black voters so that their votes don't count as much. Yeah. Um, All the suppression, it's... Um, I'm going to throw a link uh, onto the Facebook page, but there's an episode when I find it called of 99% Invisible where yeah. they just, God, I hope it's 99% Invisible, where they discuss how they divide up districts. Mm-hmm. And truly, while obviously the gerrymandering is evident in many places, it is also extremely difficult to, quote unquote, fairly slice up a piece of land slash the populace oh, it, yeah. it's, it's extraordinarily difficult and i would i would encourage people to read that um or watch or listen to that rather but it, it it's difficult to do correctly however it needs to be done because that's what democracy is yeah and again the whole thing we learned about gerrymandering over the past several years is that there is it's not just an art it's a science. They have the data. They can use computer programs and divvy it up exactly mm-hmm. how they want, knowing pretty damn well how it's going to work out for yeah. you. And that's what they've done. And again, the Supreme Court has pretty much allowed it. Uh, all the Trump judges have been fine with it. It's sure. not going to stop unless if Democrats can keep any of this majority, they can get this done and just say, OK, we're saying no to pass a voting rights act. That basically ends all of that stuff. I'm not hopeful on that, but like that's what they could do. Oh my the one God. thing I did want to talk of about my pessimism just yeah. came home to roost in my heart. If you're just banking while you're on talking. maybe Democrats can get something done. Did you hear with how their light mild. I sounded a yes. second ago? Uh, let and me. Now. I want to talk about something different because I have not heard this discussion anywhere else. But um, I wanted to bring it, it up. I haven't watched it. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, let's talk about how the atheist candidates did because it's not one or two. This is what the show is. What are you rolling your eyes? No, at? no, no, no. I, I I'm <laughs> only rolling my eyes because I know we have to talk about that dude with the sex tape. That is the only oh, reason I'm rolling my here, eyes. We'll get rid of that right away. He lost badly. Like got point oh two percent or something like embarrassing. that. Less hey, than gang. half a percent. Sex tapes are fine, <laughs> but it's not a political move. Independent candidate. Candidate got exactly what he uh, expected. Um, no, here's the deal. The reason I want to talk about this um, is basically because, I mean, even the most recent Gallup poll says only 60% of Americans say they would vote for a well-qualified atheist mm-hmm. for president, even if that person was from your party. Like there's, and that sort of statistic Such a wild thing to has, say. yeah, it's been around for a long time. There's a stigma against atheists in public office and stigmas that, that say atheists are immoral, that they can't be good people, all that can stuff. Can I throw in a sidebar? Yeah. Is there any religion that somebody could have that would preclude you from voting for them? And is it Scientology? Um, I mean, probably I, I'm trying to make it make sense. You would have to have a Democrat who is, like, a hardcore Scientologist. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just saying, like, across the board, all things being equal. Is there a religion that somebody could profess? And we're not talking about... Title, no. It's what are you going to do? Like, there are plenty of Democrats in office who I would vote for and have voted for who have really insane views. Mm -hmm. But are you going to legislate them, or are they just in your mind? If they're just in your mind, I will suck it uh, I'll suck it up. I'll vote for you. That's what I got to do. Yeah. Um, that's not a deal breaker. Like, Joe Biden's a Catholic. I, no, there's I know. plenty of things wrong with that. We live in a Catholic community, and so it's pretty, like, Meh. normalized for us. It's normalized. But if it's somebody not went less up and they're weird like, hey, what's up? It's me, Jess. I'm Aurelian, Jess yeah, 2024. Yeah, yeah. 
Raelian will come back. I think I don't exactly unless know what Raelians I, believe in. I unless think it's a I thought you and your wacky beliefs were going to impact how you were going to vote on stuff. Again, all of these candidates have personal flaws on everything. Of course. That part doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I want to know how you're going to vote. Sure. And if you're going to vote in the way I want you to vote, fine. I'll let the other stuff slide. But anyway, I want to talk about the atheist because there mm-hmm. is a stigma. For a long time, you never saw any Atheists, and not just atheists, Truly. but like agno- open agnostics, humanists, and you name your synonym. You've been tracking them for synonym. years. Yeah. Do you remember when your first candidate got, when the first candidate was an the out f- atheist? The first time I started tracking it was a f- several years, like four or five years ago, maybe six, maybe oh, 2016. Was- like as a whole, sure? as a whole. But Pete Stark came out like in 2007-ish mm-hmm. in Congress. That was the first person coming out saying, look, I'm a Unitarian, but I don't believe in God. Sure. But we're talking like single digit type of maybe one person every now and then. And he was in a safe seat. Mm-hmm. And even when he lost a primary years later to Eric Swalwell, who's still in Congress, oh. it wasn't because of that. Yeah. Like younger progressive guy beats out like yeah. an older basically also progressive guy, fine. Well, I remember 10 years ago now, you and I live texted or live vlogged, live vlogged the election, the 2012 elections. And we were definitely... Sounds wacky. Yeah, it was pointless and stupid, Uh but we did it. But I know we are, we're definitely tracking atheist candidates then, but they were like at the local Right. So, so here's the thing (laughs) I want to say that. Yeah. I was like, this person's running for school board in Topeka, Kansas. This dog catcher came up just short. Yeah. So here's, (laughs) here's the good news that I can share with people. Cause okay, we're taping this Thursday night. A lot of the results are in only some are not out, but here's some big takeaways. There is, we've talked about the Congressional Free Thought Caucus in Capitol Hill. They're not all atheists, but Mm -hmm. they're supportive. Uh, They are about protecting church-state separation, supporting science and reason-based policies, uh, fighting anti-atheist discrimination abroad Mm -hmm. as much as at home. 16 members of it. One of them lost a primary against another Democrat because of redistricting. She was off the list. In New York? Uh, That was in New York. Uh Um, One other uh, person... I'm sorry, that was the only one that was like off the list. Two people who are part of the caucus, their races have not been called yet because they're in California. Mm. There are, what, 13 other members? Every single yeah, one of them say, won 13. their race. Great. Every one of them won their race. It wasn't a deal breaker for mm-hmm. their voters. Granted, almost all of them are in safe seats, but it just never came up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an issue. The one, I think, who got closest to losing, or at least was in a tight race, is a guy from our neck of the woods, Sean Caston, a Democrat who ran in the oh, suburbs really of Chicago. Um, and that was like a, they did not call that right away. He won, but it was uh, close. Lauren, like, I, I think everybody ran. Is Lauren Underwood one? Yeah. Everyone. Bill Foster one? Every Democrat, yeah. like, north of I-80, whatever, the northern half of Illinois or the Chicago part of Illinois. Chicagoland area. Um, they all won. Yeah. Every Democrat. Wait, is Sean Caston... An atheist or an agnostic? He is, uh, let me see, what's his actual label? His label is just, I don't answer the question. Should, his official label is, I don't answer the question. Should we interview him? He lives around here. I know he's you, been to the bar. You work that on that, at. I'm sure. I'm going to look into it. <laughs> but I canvassed for him. I met a very handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a J- true story. We talked about it for years. Jared Huffman, the only openly non-theistic member of Congress, a humanist, had a cakewalk. And he has. This is his third race since coming out as a humanist. Mm. Every one of them has been a safe seat, like easy victory. 
Um, which, and by the way, he pointed out after uh, Nick Fish of American Atheist tweeted, like, every member of the Free Thought Caucus who was running has either won their race or is leading. Huffman chimed in, turns out voters actually like free thinkers. Hey. Spread the word. Um, which, again, the only thing I want to point out on that front is being openly non-religious, even in Congress, mm-hmm. doesn't appear to be a make or break issue for any of those people. All the more reason for more people to do it if they yeah. feel they're in a safe district and it, or they're retiring next term mm. or whatever it is, I or w- join the caucus. Because only Huffman is openly non-religious. Sure. Some of them are like, ah, I don't talk about it or I'm secular. Mm-hmm. We, the wink, the wink, wiggle wink. words. Most of them are religious, yeah. but they're like, but I support all this cause. I support the cause. Sure. Where are the rest of them? We need more people. Yeah. So that's part one. Say. That's I, takeaway one. I do wonder, um, do you think in these cases, are the primaries more of a challenge than the than the general election? Just because for like- For these members? For, well, for members who like, you know, Sean cast it, it's not a safe blue district, but it's it's fairly reasonably blue. Do you think that in the- He had a in, tough primary because again, redistricting gonna, put him against another sitting Democratic, oh, who was uh, it? Marie Newman. Uh, oh, so yeah. those two had to go head to head in a primary and he won the primary. But once he won it, sure. yeah, it was not like the most- concerning district for Democrats, but it wasn't going to be a close race. I think I'm just a little bit naive about how uh, Democrats care about religion. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, I feel like if that's going to come to a head, it's going to happen in the primaries. If somebody is uncomfortable with an atheist candidate, that's, Mm. it's going to happen in the primaries, not in the generals. Right. Possibly. But in the case of a Democrat against a Republican, what surprised me is I cannot find a single instance of their Republican opponents using their affiliation with the Free Thought Caucus or yeah. their label as a non-religious person against them. I don't. I mean, I can tell you, I do not think that shit would fly in the Chicagoland area. And, I, and, and apparently, certain, it wouldn't fly anywhere. There's That's certain the areas surprising that it thing. would. I don't know. And but, hold that thought because I'm going to come back to that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it doesn't matter where you are in the country. Calling out your opponent, I I think I only saw one example of it where someone's like, this person promotes atheism or something. This year you only saw one example? Yeah, this year. Who was it? Uh, I'll tell you that in a bit. But none of these people, I'm going to mention people who got elected all across the country Mm -hmm. in red states. I can, I've looked, I do this every day. I have not found a single example of someone saying, don't vote for my Democratic opponent they will totally say they're an extremist. Sure. They want hey abortion babies, on demand, whatever. Stab them. But they did not say don't vote for this person because they're non-religious, atheist, whatever. And if there is, I'd love to know about it. But I did not see them at all. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the first do takeaway. Do you think it is done? Or do you think this is just a a wave of like ex, of accepting of... This isn't the battle we need to fight now. Yeah, I, 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 I wonder with might be- demographic shifts and younger people saying, like, I, I'm fine with other religions. I want to know what yeah. you're doing with religion. Um, it just seems like uh, it's like going after someone, like, because their kid is gay or something. It's like, why would you say that? Go after the candidate for how they're going, what their policies yeah. would be. It, Don't do anything else. It, why would you do? Even Republicans, some of them, would be turned off. Mm by someone who goes after someone else's kids or family or their church or whatever. Like, it just seems like you're not going to get away with this. Yeah, I mean, nobody, I don't, 
think in 2012 went after Mitt Romney specifically about his. Oh, his, they, did they totally went after did him. They? I mean, they did. Oh, boy. Uh, I am looking back Republicans, at that election with rose colored yeah, glasses. Republicans in the primary, absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. I meant the general. In the general, they were not happy about it, but they knew the alternative was Barack Obama. So they're, again, it's oh, see, the suck it up, we'll Republicans. Okay. Republicans, who, people who vote for Republicans typically sure. were like, well, I don't love the guy. He's not my religion. And they would never elect someone like that now with Christian nationalism on the rise. Well, it's interesting. I'm curious if we're going to get back to, like, do a full circle moment of getting back to pre, um, like, uh, pre-sensationalizing of people's, of politicians' personal lives. Because that's only kind of a pretty recent thing. Like, everybody knows JFK and Bobby Kennedy were fucking Mm. everybody in sight. And it's only been the last few years that, like, people's I know way too much about Herschel Walker's, like, Sex life. Right. But I'm just wondering if this result that you are seeing of, hey, listen, nobody's really like calling anybody out on the um uh, on their religion. I I don't know. I, I just figured I, just with all these like MAGA, it. MAGA candidates who are Christian nationalists, I am surprised at how virtually none of them were like, you can't vote for my opponent, this baby hating uh, I don't know, litter boxes in classroom, or whatever conspiracies they're spreading. Who made that one up? Oh, Joe uh, Rogan? Way too many people. Joe Rogan fell Somebody. for it, but a lot of people were spreading it, but they did not say don't vote for my opponent because that person is non-religious or that person belongs to the Free Thought Caucus. just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it's just there's a lot of other things they thought were higher priority sure. that would rattle up their base, but that wasn't one of them. Here's another high point. Um... Ten, uh, two years ago, 2020 elections, there were 10 non-religious state senators. That number is now up to at least 15 hey. with another four races that have not been called, but they are in the lead. You said state senators? State senators. How 15 many, of them. How many state senators are there in the, in the country? A lot. <laughs> so I mean, there are a ton. It's not, I mean, we're not talking a lot of non-religious, openly non-religious ones as a percentage of all state senators. Sure. But, I mean, just glancing at states here, Hawaii, Idaho, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, New Jersey, New Mexico, North Carolina, Utah, Vermont. That one makes sense. Wisconsin. <laughs> like, it's all over the place. Some in red states, even if they're in blue islands in those red states. Again, just wild yeah. that you have that many people in harder races because they're covering a larger percentage of the state. Mm-hmm. Um And when it comes to state representatives, there's at least 44, but there's like another dozen plus that have not been called. Hmm. And a lot of them are in the lead. So we could be looking at upwards of like 55 or 60 state representatives from all over the place. Real atheist ripple. (laughs) Yeah, it's bigger than anything I've seen. And they all, some of them use the word atheist. Some of them... uh, non-religious, spiritual, but not religious. There's a variety, no religion in quotation marks. Like there's a ton of descriptors they use. I guess I'm surprised that that few people then openly, openly. Yeah. That's the key. I could mark I'm Catholic because legally. Yeah. There's, (laughs) there's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of people who 
I'm sure like, are privately. I mean, when, when I... When you're running for office, you are, like, building up a wall and making sure you're giving a good front. Yeah. And yeah, that makes sense. A lot it's, of people don't want to talk about it, which is totally which fine. Which is fair. These and, are the ones who have frankly, courage. appropriate. Yeah. We shouldn't be talking about people's religion. Um, so that's interesting, too. Here's another shocker. We did talk about this in the past, but I'll bring it up again. There was one guy in Idaho who was running for state senator and won his primary a few months ago who was an atheist who was Republican. Jeff Schroeder. We talked about him a few months ago, and basically his argument was... Gay or black? uh, No, white and white. Straight. (laughs) So what he said is (laughs) that... I was thinking of. Like, he grew up in this part of Idaho where everyone's Republican. If you want... If if politics is your thing and you care about it, Mm -hmm. you only can join the Republicans. But his style (laughs) of Republican is very old school. It's policy decisions that Mm. you may agree or disagree with, but it's not a mega cultist type of thing. Oh, you mean they just want the country to prosper and not actively take down half of it? Yeah, something like that. Interesting. So he has been involved in local Republican circles for a bunch, uh, for a long time. Mm. This is the first time he jumped into a race and he won the primary. And again, this is this part of Idaho where Democrats are not going to win. So it was like, well, it looks like you're going to become a state senator. And guess what? Now he did. He ran unopposed, I believe, but it was official this week. Um, So that's interesting. That makes one Republican, non-religious Republican in the country. Congratulations. uh, (laughs) In statewide office or higher. Um, And I should point this out. I feel like this is a given, but I might as well say it anyway. Not every atheist in office necessarily deserves support. Because, of course, you want to look at their policies. They're Christians I really like in politics. Mm -hmm. Raphael Warnock is in that runoff. There are plenty who I don't like. Not every atheist is going to deserve your support. But, again, why is this important to me anyway? There's symbolic importance to being able to elect a non-religious person. Um, Usually, these are more progressive uh, politicians in general. And, you know, I would love the chance to have so many atheist politicians. We could rip them apart for the decisions they make. It hasn't happened yet. Mm. Maybe it will this time because there's just so many to choose from. We'll see. Are you see. looking forward to infighting? I'm so looking forward to infighting because that requires there to be enough people to have a fight with. And there's finally enough people yeah. involved where it's like, come on, one of you has to have an idea I don't like. Uh, and you're going to vote on it, and it gets to the point where we can have these arguments. Mm, so it turns... Uh, okay. Good well, times. this is exciting stuff. <laughs> Moving in the right direction. Um, 2012 was 10 years ago, and I'm just reckoning with that because I remember it very vividly. And I was like, oh, that was like, what, two elections ago? Yeah, right. Um, <sighs> just to put this in perspective, before 2016, uh-huh. uh, according to the, the Center... Days? Yeah. Uh, according to the Center for Free Thought Equality, which is connected to the American Human Association, before 2016, they only counted five elected officials at the state level or higher, who are openly non-religious. At the state level or higher. That has to be a million people, Mm -hmm. right? Like State level or higher. We're talking thousands, thousands of people. Five who are openly non-religious before 2016. Mm. And now it's like 70. And by the way, way more than 70 actually ran in the primaries... And just didn't make it out. Because, again, challengers have an uphill climb. They're mostly going to lose. A lot of the first-time candidates who were on the ballot because they won their primary lost this time as well. But they didn't lose because they were openly non-religious. 
That's a key right. point. A lot that of most most people are going to lose their elections if they run in them. Hmm. But it depends. What that are a you? Grim thing to say. It's true. <laughs> the math speaks for itself. Most people are going to lose. But di- like why are you losing? At are you a wedding saying like fifty percent of marriages <laughs> end in deport? That happened to my cousin's wedding. Nice. Guess what? Did it? Did Hella it? divorced. Yeah. Hella divorced. <laughs> but. Again, the fact that it's no longer the barrier that it used to be, that means atheists who are activists or whether or not in atheist circles, like maybe you're an atheist who's in LGBTQ rights or uh, reproductive rights and you're an active in politics or something, you could run for office and your lack of religious belief is not going to be the barrier that keeps you out of it. Maybe you just suck as a candidate. Surely. But that alone is not going to be the barrier. It used to be. I mean, I always said I would never get elected to any kind of office because of the A word, but now I know I won't get elected to any office because I so so fiercely hate men that I don't think they would be cool with it. Yeah. Oh, we got, we've built up a library of opposition research. (laughs) No, truly. Um, Hundreds of hours of oppo research. That is what we've been doing. And you know what? Every time they listen to one of my podcasts, I make like five cents. So (laughs) motherfuckers lining my pockets. Um, By the way, can you add to your list? I want to talk about uh, Love is Blind and Christianity on the main feed. Just on Christianity, just about Christianity, it genuinely, it will be 30 seconds and it will play. At the end. Let's... What if I just said it right now? What if I just take over? How dare you? I have a list. I'm trying to keep track. (laughs) Some dude said every time he hears you scratching out um, (laughs) timestamps, because I keep talking, he gets so mad. And now every time you cross some, like every time you start writing a time, like, what else do I have to say that will fuck his shit up and make that one dude mad? Am I doing good? fucking my shit up. Okay, go. Okay. Let's talk about Ron DeSantis because, not because he had his night, he gerrymandered his state. Of course, he was going to win those congressional seats. I was a little surprised by how much he won in his governor's race. Because his opponent wasn't. She's a. Here's right. my argument to make for that. Or was she? Uh, Val Demings is a very, like, moderate Democrat. Oh. You can't get excited about moderate candidates, but that's the part the Democratic Party loves to put. Like, she's a former police chief. She's a centrist. <laughs> like, Repu- we might be able to pick off some Republicans. And the fact is, you, I'll vote for her if she's, like, the person on my list because I'm not an idiot. But also, I'm not excited about that. And there are some people who are like, if you don't excite me as a candidate, I'm not going to vote for you. You know who did well in a lot of these races? The more progressive candidates get the excitement out. Well, but it's a high-risk, high-reward situation because we don't know exactly how Florida's politics are going to shake out. And so, yeah, it's a calculated risk to to have somebody a little bit down the middle in hopes of, like, shaving off some of that Republican... Republican, especially with Ron DeSantis, who is a certified lunatic. I think that was the idea, but also none of the centrist candidates also, got even close also, in Florida. Was anybody else running for governor in Florida who was? Yes, Shut yes, up. there were more progressive options. Um, who were like good options, or just like, hey, I I can pull. Point two percent of the vote, yeah, but exactly. I have a really good plan for Florida. But if none of them are going to win. Then why aren't we picking the most exciting candidate? Why because are we as if we get to pick? But like that's the thing. Like if you're not gonna win, if you're in an uphill climb, like well, we Kentucky, Kentucky, for example, 
had a candidate against Mitch McConnell two years ago mm. who was absolutely moderate to the point so where moderate. she was like, I, what was, did they ask her, like, would you vote for Brett Kavanaugh? And she's like, yeah, oh, probably. Yeah, totally. she and was it's like, not oh my God. Like, you can't, how do you get excited about that? You can't. This time, again, uphill climb. They got yes. Charles Booker way more progressive. Yes, he lost. But there's no one. Beto O'Rourke in Texas. He didn't win. Yeah, that was Who was going to do better than him? Nobody in Texas. If you're a Democrat. I, but that's Stacey Abrams. Who's going to do better than she? And she's not a progressive. But that's the thing is we don't know who's going to do better. Like we're seeing progressive lose. No, we're seeing progressive lose. Listen, you just said Stacey Abrams lost. Beto O'Rourke lost. Uh, uh, Don't interrupt me. But. Ron DeSantis won in Florida, and you're saying you're blaming that on a centrist, whereas... No, 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 I'm not blaming her for it. I'm saying there was a lot going against her. The the Democrats that they put up, you're saying a centrist cannot win against... A Republican and the only hope is wait, wait, wait. to no, put no, no. a liberal against. No, I'm saying if you nominated a more progressive Democrat, mm-hmm. they might have still lost. Probably would have in Florida. They would have done better than a centrist option. But like in a lot of places. Their Democrats as a party put up these more moderate people. Yeah. Tim Ryan in Ohio, who yeah. lost by a little bit to a crazy MAGA guy, J.D. Vance, lost by a few percentage well, points. But here's the thing. Tim Ryan is about as exciting a moderate Democrat. Like he's, His he's, name is Tim Ryan. He's and making he campaign ads it. where he's shooting guns and doing all that stuff. Yeah. He's He was a good candidate. That's what the thinking was he's the best they could have done in ohio for that seat and he lost now had there been a more progressive candidate who was like i'm not interested in going half i'm not trying to win over moderate maybe republicans the three of you who might jump ship and vote for me instead why not just excite all the young people as much as i can and get them to vote for me tim ryan's not that guy no of course tim ryan isn't that guy but First of all, we cannot have an entire country of AOCs. Why not? Because we just don't have that kind of infrastructure to find those people because we don't have the money to do it. Oh, no, they have the infrastructure. They don't, I mean, again, you got to get elected and build that up. That's what you're talking about. You're right. But the candidates are there. But More guess, of them need to start I running. I guess just my question is to say, okay, so you said Beto, Beto versus um, whoever Fred ran Abbott. against DeSantis. Who ran against DeSantis? Val, Val Demings. Val Demings. So you're saying that Val Demings lost because she's a boring middle of the... No, she lost because it's Florida and a Democrat was going to have no chance. Okay. Charlie Crist lost the governor's race. Sorry, Val Demings ran against Marco Rubio. Charlie Crist is the oh, one who lost to... But again, both both of them, there. they lost their races by a comfortable margin. They were not going to win this, this thing. Both of them are the same mold of very... I mean, Charlie Crist is a former Republican anyway, but like they are coming from that mold of we're running in this race because we're the Democrats' best option to pick up some Republican voters yeah. that they think they need. And again, I'm sure Democrats voted for them but there's probably a lot of people who are like, I can't get excited for that. I guess I, this is, okay, listen, this is just my dad's voice coming out of me and I don't feel good about it. So like, don't mm-hmm. at me. But I feel fairly strongly, oh boy, oh my God, I'm not going to say, okay. I feel very strongly that Joe Biden won and I don't feel as strongly that Bernie Sanders would have won. You know, so in a way- you know what, I agree. So that's kind of the template I'm kind of applying to a lot of things Mm -hmm. is like I talk to my dad and his other rich white guy friends 
who were scared shitless of Bernie because yeah. socialism still means something fucked up to them because boomers um, <laughs> inhaled so much lead their brains can't move. Right. Scientific. Um, right. It's scientific. Honestly, I'm working on a paper. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, like I had these conversations with my my dad and his peers leading up until 20, 2021 or 2020 rather. And Joe Biden felt reasonable from for them. That felt like a very easy step to take from, okay, I hate Trump. I didn't like Hillary because I'm a misogynist. That's mm-hmm. me editorializing. But I am like, I hate Trump, but I'm not a socialist, right? Let me piggyback so on this. I just don't yeah. I, I just think that it's a little bit Sunday morning quarterback or yeah. Monday morning quarterback yeah. to say that like the moderate lost in Florida because she's moderate. Whereas Beto, she who, lost more because she's moderate. And, but Beto, who has done a as good job of whipping up support in the last ten years as we've seen, also lost. Right. And it, do you think? Do you think Beto? Those was are not, not contradictions. Aggressive enough. Like he is the best they could have done in Texas. Texas is a very red state. You're probably not going to win a statewide race in Texas with anybody. Yeah. He did. I would argue as good as you could have done in that state. My argument is that if you, you're right, Joe Biden was a centrist, moderate, not the most exciting Democrat. You vote for him because you have to. But yeah. think about what's the most exciting policy decisions you've gotten from him, uh, the Democrats have gotten in the past couple of years. Like what, student debt relief? Totally progressive thing he did. All the climate change things he passed, that's a progressive thing. He agreed to that stuff. That's what they were running on, but all the infrastructure we've shit. We've known this for years. Every time something progressive, quote-unquote, runs on the ballot independent of right. like anything, it's always going to work. Right. And so the problem is that So they that sold our... him as a centrist, but he did all the progressive exactly. shit. Exactly. So like that's why I'm that's why I'm trying to make a case for centrist, which is not something I'm comfortable doing or like doing. I just am really worried about like losing the forest for the trees A and B like having Having Joe Manchin in power is marginally better than right. having a Republican you in power. Are, and I uh-huh. hate Joe Manchin. Agreed. Totally so, agreed. So I guess that I'm trying to, this is me for the first time in my entire life trying to soften our approach. <laughs> and and while, of course, I want a blue wave and I want reform to happen and everything, unfortunately, the fact that we live in a democracy and even worse, a d- not even worse, Jesus, and in addition to that, a democracy that's gerrymandered and broken beyond almost all repair, and we have a media system that has fucked everything up. All of these things are happening. So, yeah, I would rather take somebody who is a moderate, shitty, boring, blue person than a red person, if all things being equal. Because I don't. All things being equal. I you're feel right. like you're, you've named a few different races that they were various levels of progressive and all lost. So in I guess close my races, is, in close races, uh-huh. that Democrats I ended took a up drink winning. Of my microphone. Huh? Like again, this is the question with like Ohio's the one where it's coming into play here, where it's like that was a close race. Mm. It wasn't easy. Ohio is a red state. Sure. Um, if they ele- if they chose in the primaries a more progressive candidate mm-hmm. who could really run on, I'm going to do the most progressive shit possible. Mm-hmm. Um, would that person have fared better than Tim Ryan? Arguably, maybe, because I don't know how exciting Tim... I don't think Tim Ryan won over a ton of Republicans. He lost. He didn't win them over. Would they have gotten more votes to make up for that from younger people? I don't know. I have an unscientific question. Yeah. 
Do you think that a, um, pr- a, a, a Democrat is more likely to vote left or right of their ideals? So, for example, a, do you think it's more likely that somebody who leans very far left is willing to compromise and vote for something right? Yes. Versus a centrist Democrat who then tries to bring in more progressive policies? Do you think one Biden has done a decent job of it in New and York State? We haven't State. seen pushback against it, I don't think, have we? From the Democrat, like the Democratic. The Progressive Caucus has been like, we're trying to run on Biden's agenda, Uh and we want to pass this shit, and we'll try to move the Overton window over. Biden's done a good job of saying, yeah, get your shit in here, Mm because I want to do it. If you could pass it, I'm signing it. I guess the Overton window is something that is really hard to explain and calculate I would like, okay, if Democrats keep any sort of majority here, I would love for them to pass the most progressive shit possible like mm-hmm. here's student loan right now mm. i'm glad they did it for a bunch of reasons but i really like that if republicans file lawsuits to stop it and it looks like a judge may have ruled against that so, today, today it's fully blame you blame the republicans for that shit we were trying to do something nice republicans stopped you vote for us so but that's a progressive policy student, not to generalize are yeah. people student loans in danger of voting Republican? Like, not to be an absolute cunt about it, but, like, liberal Democrats have the majority of people with a college education. And so if student loan is forgiven and most Republicans got this, I know this is a generalization, but I think the facts bear out, why do Republicans give a shit about student loan forgiveness? They're the ones yelling about it. Same reason they were against health care. But, no, no, no. Health care at least has the opportunity to help them personally. But their argument is they don't want the government giving you Doesn't anything. Matter. But at least at the end of whatever we're pitching to them, at least we can say, hey, you, Hemant Meta, you will get affordable health care along with everybody else. Mm-hmm. The student loan thing is you, Hemant Meta, who has inherited a farm that's third generation. Right. You don't get anything for that. You get from nothing, the student loan and debt these thing. liberal elites right. are getting all of the, their bad. Their bad financial decisions are being rewarded, and they're all off making. I guess I would believe that more, except thing. I disagree that it's those are the. I mean, there are plenty of Republicans who went to college aren't doing aren't. It's not just Democrats who were impacted by that. Do the do the do any polls bear that out? Look it up right now. I okay. don't know off the top of my head. That's not even what I want to talk about. Um, here's the thing we're I was actually trying to... Yeah, this isn't what you we want to talk about? We took a 10-minute detour. <laughs> um, here's the thing I want to talk about, because with the Ron DeSantis win, I know the conversation about him is like, okay, maybe he's the guy who will take over the Republican Party, or at least he's their uh, big guy for 2024. But here's an ad that he released, apropos of nothing, uh, last week. And... I want to play some of this. I don't necessarily have to play all of it, but I got all of it. Oh, wait, I have to put my... Uh, you want, yeah, put this on. This is an ad that it came before the election, but it was, it was not specific to the governor's election. Here's the ad. Let's talk about it afterwards. I want to know your thoughts. And on the eighth day... On the eighth day... God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a protector. So God made a fighter. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, kiss his family goodbye, travel thousands of miles for no other reason than to serve the people, to save their jobs, their livelihoods, their liberty, their happiness. So God made a fighter. 
God said, I need someone to be strong, advocate truth in the midst of hysteria, someone who challenges conventional wisdom and isn't afraid to defend what he knows to be right and just. So God made a fighter. Yes. All right. So that was part of an ad that God went up made for, a fighter. <laughs> for Ron DeSantis. That and was Ron DeSantis. I genuinely didn't Ron know DeSantis. who it was. So wait, can you go back? Yeah. Wake up at dawn and travel thousands <laughs> of miles. I'm going to give the backstory on this. To serve his country. But yeah, on the Is eighth Florida day. thousands of miles away from um, Washington, D.C.? Uh, no. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold yeah, the phone. He's the governor. Ron DeSantis, he's the he governor. Doesn't he doesn't have to travel to thousands Where of miles. Where the fuck is he going thousands of miles I don't know, at a time? Mar-a-Lago and back home. I don't know. That's no. 10 miles from him. Cancun? I don't know what Republicans Cancun do. Cancun So this Can is on the to eighth day. God looked down and said, I need a fighter. I need he a protector. He didn't. He famously didn't. Um, Isn't that blasphemy to put uh, So this is the question word to ask. God, words in God's mouth? He's basically making a pitch that God created Ron DeSantis to save all of you. And I'm just trying to imagine, okay, if, if Democrats release that ad about Joe Biden on the eighth day, God I made Joe Biden to would. save all of us. What would the Fox News... Right wing reaction. I wouldn't hear because I'd have flung myself from the cliff. Yes, but after that, yeah. as they're collecting your body, what would the right wing <laughs> reaction have been if Democrats oh, released Joe a Biden similar ad? He's God's answer to politics. These atheists are all. Of course, I'm not talking in the microphone, Hammond. I'm screaming. <laughs> Do you want me to blow out people's eardrums? I no, it's absolutely. It's not me. They I don't care. Call him out on it, rightly so, because right. it's a cuckoo bananas, crazy hands and way course, to promote yourself. DeSantis did not get any of that, but okay, let's let me give you a little backstory on this. Um, in 1978, there was a famous conservative radio broadcaster named Paul Harvey mm. who gave a speech at a group. Uh, he gave Paul a Harvey, speech. Now you know the rest of the story of Paul yes, Harvey. Yes, that oh, guy. Bless him. Uh, he was speaking at a convention for the Future Farmers of America. Mm-hmm. So okay. obviously, you want to suck up to the group that brought you there and is paying oh, your honorarium. Yeah. They're so big. He basically, Indiana. wanted to make a speech that says, "You guys, you farmers, you're amazing." So he gave a famous speech called "So God Made a Farmer." And it basically says, you know, God needed someone who could work in the field and take care of their family and go to church and help the community. So God made a farmer. He's being referential? So this ad, without actually saying it's a ripoff of this famous conservative speech, just changed all the words, basically, and made it more DeSantis style. And instead of farmer, they used fighter and there's where this came from. I, I did not see much coverage that this is a spoof. Spoof is the wrong word. But like this is a takeoff homage. homage to that old speech, which is weird. Like you all know this is uh, making. It's well, this reminds me of when Ted Cruz did that famous speech. It's afternoon in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like this is not a DeSantis original here. But at one point in the. DeSantis commercial, the thing they say is like, I need someone um, who is here to serve the people, save their jobs, their livelihood, their liberty, their happiness. I need someone, this is God talking, I need Mm. someone to be strong, advocate truth, challenges conventional wisdom, isn't afraid to defend what's right and just. And obviously, that doesn't describe DeSantis. So what I'm hearing is that within a week, God realized he screwed the pooch and needs to bring in reinforcements. Like, my dude, you sunk a week into this. Like, 
start again. And you on day done fucked it up. And on day eight, the best you could do is DeSantis. DeSantis. And think about like if he's a fighter. I mean, if you think about fighting in a good way, like I admire this person because that person's a fighter. Mm. It's because they're not afraid to put their body or their reputation on the line because they're pushing back against something that's oh, more me. powerful. That doesn't scream for right? DeSantis. Like no. DeSantis is a coward who goes, (laughs) right. He's a coward who goes after like marginalized communities in order to get praise from right wing echo chambers. We're going to have to deal with his trans bill and his don't don't get bullies trans kids. He uses taxpayer dollars to kidnap refugees. He punished the special Olympics for prioritizing like vaccine mandates during the pandemic. He arrested black people for voting even after they were told they could. Mm. He promotes religious indoctrination in public schools. He went after friggin' Disney for promoting... No, I have it written down here. I made a list. Um, (laughs) For, like, supporting LGBTQ rights. It's Disney. This is Florida. What is he doing? He's... And, by the way, I think he's conservative Catholic. He's not evangelical. But it's all the same rhetoric. It's... Why is Ron DeSantis a fighter? Because he bullies people. Mm -hmm. That's what they're talking about. And he's being hailed as like a hero to these people who do not care about actual like freedom fighters, people who fight for good causes. They're like, yep, he's the bully, but he's on our side. Mm. No, he's a walking advertisement for why everyone should ditch Republicans and organize religion. A hundred percent. Um, I want to go back to the thing I said before. I don't see any evidence that uh, Democrats hold more student debt than Republicans, mm-hmm. but Democrats do lead by 22 points um, in party identif- identification among adults with post oh postgraduate degrees. I don't know. Yeah. It, it affects Republicans. It helps Republicans. Of course it Just does. like Obamacare was going to help a lot of Republicans, even though a lot of governors didn't want it in their states. Yeah. It's the same idea. When Democrats are trying to take care, pass policy, this is going to be good for everybody. Mm. When DeSantis is passing stuff, he's like, this will energize my base and oh, hurt everybody else. That's the difference between these parties. Um, yeah, I just wanted to be sure that I didn't, have my foot in my mouth. Here's another, there are two other things I want to bring up that I haven't seen coverage on, but this is relevant. One of them in from Tennessee where red state, they voted red on pretty much everything. But one of the more interesting uh, resolutions that was on their ballots this time around was called amendment four. We have talked about this, but it's been a long while. So I want to bring this up again. Basically there is a part of the state constitution in Tennessee that basically says the following people cannot run for public office. That doesn't number sound constitutional. One, <laughs> number one on the list, clergy members. And the thinking behind this. Okay. Yeah. That, <laughs> boy, oh boy, you juked hard on me on yeah. that one. You broke my knee on that. You didn't see clergy that one coming. Clergy members clergy are number members. one. Yeah. Um, it Not actually, women. Here's, here's what <laughs> section one says. It says, if you're a church leader, you can't run for office. It says... Whereas ministers of the gospel are by their profession dedicated to God and the care of souls and ought not to be diverted from the great duties of their functions. Like, we don't, we are doing such important work. We want you to keep doing it. Mm. We don't want you made dealing with government. You have a church to take care that's of. That's what we that call. That was the idea. That's what we call concern trolling. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. case anybody's wondering what concern trolling is. So that's is, number one. It's this. It's, you can't run for office because we're worried that you'd be overwhelmed. <laughs> exactly. That's we, what concern trolling is. And we need is. you to be a good priest. Yeah. That's hey, I article. don't hate you because you're fat. I'm just really genuinely worried about your heart health stranger on the internet. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that was Article 9, Section 1 of Tennessee's Constitution. Article clergy, 9, Section 1. Yeah, okay. clergy members cannot run for office. Mm. Article 9, Section 2. Oh, boy. If you don't believe in God, you also can't run for office. I was hoping we were number mm-hmm. two. And number three, Wait, can you... there's a number three and then I'm done. Number three says if you've been in a duel. A duel? Duel. A duel? You cannot run for office. One, two, three, four, no, five, six, it. seven, eight, nine. No one is listening to this for Hey, that. somebody who knows music, tell me if my pitch was good. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm really glad that Those we got a mention. Groups. Can you... Do you have the ver- the verbiage of... for the duel? No, not oh. the duel one. I yeah. know what a duel is. I want a verbiage for the uh, atheist one. Oh, for the atheist one, yeah. yeah, yeah. It says um, no person who denies the being of God wow. or a future state of rewards and punishments, oh. heaven hell, shall hold any office in the civil department of the state. Wait, does that mean if I believe in jo- if I believe in God, but I'm Jewish and therefore don't believe in hell? If you're Jewish and you believe in God, that's an interesting question. Thank if you, you believe in God, but not hell. Because it says if somebody denies the belief in God or, or a future reward. I feel like it has to be an all or nothing thing. If you uh, don't believe in any of that stuff, it's a no. If you believe in God, but not that, I don't know, hasn't been tested. Yeah. Whatever. The point is. And you Guys, brought this, this up is earlier. this grammar is so fun and cool. <laughs> Everybody should be a writer. <laughs> the thing that you brought up earlier, like, it's totally unconstitutional. There have been, obviously, Supreme mm-hmm. Court cases challenging this rule. And the answer is, both of those first two, like, forget the dueling, doesn't happen. The first two things, no clergy, no atheists in public office, are unenforceable. Sure. Supreme Court precedent says you can't hold, no religious test you can't say you, someone can't be in public office because of their beliefs one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Both of them are unenforceable. But if you go look up Article 9, Sections 1 and 2 in the Constitution, it's still there. Because even though the Supreme Court says you, you can't do this... Is it that nobody wants to be on record voting against it? Mm, not quite. Oh. It's that you... How are you going to change the Constitution? Just because the Supreme Court says this is... Well, yes. (laughs) Just because the Supreme Court says, nope, that rule you cannot have anymore. And this is the state Supreme Court or the the, No, no, no. This is the state of Tennessee has these rules in their state constitution. Supreme Court has ruled since Mm. you can't have those types of laws. And what have they done? But it's in the books. So the question is, well, can you at least get rid of this thing in the books since you can't use it anyway? Like... But to change the Constitution to get rid of something because it's archaic and it Mm. doesn't belong, you still have to go through all the process and the motions of amending the Constitution. And that's a long process. So that brings us to where we're at with this. Because a couple of years ago... this is an episode of Parks and Rec, but I don't know (laughs) which one. So um, in a couple of years ago, Uh 2019, a state senator named Mark Pody, a couple years ago, basically, if you want to change the amendment in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. you have to um, have uh, Congress pass, like the state legislature, pass this rule. Mm -hmm. Then the next legislature, the next term, has to pass the rule. And then the state... It has to vote on getting rid of it. So, so when we're all really precious about, about our collective founding fathers, this is the kind of shit we deal <laughs> with now. So in 2019, Mark Pody sponsors a resolution to remove the first part. I was 
just about to ask his political affiliation, but now I think I might know know it. He said, let's remove Article 9, Section 1 Mm. of the Constitution of Tennessee. Number three, I am staunchly in favor for (laughs) two we're just not going to talk about. I love the dual section, the ban on duelers. No notes. But like, he could have said, let's remove Article 9 Mm. from the Constitution, our state Constitution. No. He said, let's remove Article 9, Section 1. And hopes that nobody can scroll down on the screen. (laughs) Right, exactly. So in 2019... Don't pay attention to number two. He proposed that. It passed with without controversy in 2021 he did it again he passed another he sponsored another resolution oh, to so say the exact same thing okay and they that passed fulfills it again that. that fulfilled that second hurdle and this week uh in the elections mem- Tennessee citizens could vote on the same thing the question said shall article 9 section 1 of the constitution of Tennessee be amended by deleting the section and guess Wait. what Hold on. Yeah. Repeat that. Oh, oh, oh. Should we section. get rid of it? Should we get rid you of that section first one? section one? Okay. I want to make sure they band. didn't like fuck up linguistics they didn't fuck it up. again. And basically if a majority of the people said yes, yeah. it was gone. Guess what? A majority of the people said yes, it's gone. That's that's good. Okay. That, it wasn't enforceable anyway. I don't agree that there should be a ban, even in principle, on clergy members in office. I don't care what your religious beliefs are. I want to know what you're going to do with those beliefs. So good. They got rid of it. When Pody was asked years ago, like, so you're only getting rid of Section 1? How come you're not getting rid of, like, at least Section 2, which is the exact same thing? Pody's response was, I just want to go, quote, one simple step at a time. Okay, you know I don't want to support this man. However, I kind of get it. <laughs> I do. I like I I listen. Yes. I don't I think he is wrong and bad because he is putting his own convenience above the rights of his citizens. So I mm-hmm, want to put that out mm-hmm. there. But if I am him who I'm going to say does not give a shit about the political um uh, livelihood or uh, rights, political rights is the thing I was thinking of of atheists then yeah, that seems like a much easier thing to get done quickly and then be able to campaign on. You know, it's hard. You know, it's harder and less fun to campaign on. I don't understand these new mics. Mm-hmm. Is saying um, I barely got the, the clergy to be able to run for office, but also not all these atheists can run too. Like, and to be clear, it's they up, can again, run. It's, it's unenforceable. Um, but here's the thing: when he but says no, one but, simple, but that's the thing with politics. It's not what's good or right. It's yeah. what can I get done easily, and then turn around and say to people, "I did." And that's why everything I don't think is... he's using this as a campaign thing. I think he's in one of those safe red districts where, like, as long as he keeps breathing, he'll get reelected. Okay, then I will take that away. And he <laughs> just doesn't give a shit about atheists. That's How about more that? accurate. How that's, about that? I'll take that. Is that better? But like, yeah, the thing is, Tennessee went through what four years of work to remove this vestigial part of their state constitution right. and it should be gone it shouldn't be in there i'm glad they're getting rid of it it would have been just as easy to say we have this list of people who cannot run mm-hmm. for office mm-hmm. let's just get rid of that whole section because nothing it's should be here hella unconstitutional. all the other rules like you got to be this certain age you got to be whatever else like those are fine. fine those are already in place this rule about like your religious beliefs or like your past history i mm. guess if we're counting duels 
that's not deal breaking. That's not a deal breaker. Yeah, Keep is there it any in. other example? He of... could have done Amendment Nine, get rid of it. Mm. Nope, he did Amendment Nine, Section One only. And the you know thing why? about saying one coward. simple step at a time is he's saying, well, after we get rid of this one, we'll look at the next one. He's never gonna do of part course two. He's, never gonna he's not do taking it. a second step. Oh, welcome to working in the world. Yeah. People are monsters. Uh, in case you're curious, Mark Pody, here's his history. He sponsored legislation. P-O-D-I? P-O-D-Y. He's sponsored mm. legislation to make the Holy Bible the mm. official state book. Oh, so brave. He's filed bills to reject marriage equality, mm-hmm. ban abortions early in a pregnancy. Could that was before time? trigger laws. Cool. He's filed a bill that would require a woman seeking an abortion to have her daddy's permission, even if her daddy is the one who impregnated her. That's Mark Pody for you. Um... But I just want to point out, they could have easily gotten rid of the atheist ban. They chose not to because they don't give a shit. They just wanted to get rid of the clergy ban, as they should have, but they didn't go further because Tennessee Republicans for you. The last time I was in Tennessee, we stopped at a Starbucks on our way to Asheville, and the guy got out of a car next to us and had, I think, three guns on him. Yeah. yeah, Visibly. As as one does. And I, like... And like my, my palms are sweating thinking about it. It is such a scary way to live your life. Although not Knoxville, Knoxville, I think that's a cool town. I have a lot of thoughts on it. I lived there. It was a great place. Wait, Dude. I don't know anything about you. And I'm frankly, brown. Um, okay, <laughs> here's the next story, and then uh, this is the other election-related we'll story. Slides. Sure, um, Arkansas. <laughs> During this week, mm-hmm. they, this is the state that elected Sarah Huckabee Sanders to be their next governor. Fuck, She's back God in their lives. Damn it. They have a Republican trifecta is in the her government. Better? No. Oh. Republicans are running that state. So here's the question they asked on their uh, many ballots. reasons. I'm not going to wander into Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Anywhere I'm south sorry. of that the was racist A's. of me. Um, so there was a a proposal mm-hmm. on their uh, ballots this time around. Basically. I'm going to try to explain this because the wording gets weird. But basically, there is uh, a rule that says if you want to, in a pandemic, if you want to, like, infringe upon people's religions, like shut down their churches, you better have a really damn good reason. Like a worldwide pandemic? Like a worldwide pandemic. Which I know is redundant. Like, so what happened during the pandemic? A lot of states said this thing of, like, well, you can't have gatherings of more than 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, that Unless applies across God the board. There. Yeah. And a lot of religious people are like, yeah, but you're keeping grocery stores open. And the response is like, well, yeah, because you need food. And everyone just goes in and comes out. Mm-hmm. You don't talk to each other. Church, on the other hand, you're there for a long time. You are talking to each other. You're singing. The whole point is to literally congregate. So these are apples and oranges. It's not the same thing. The religious argument here is that, no, if you say anything is allowed to remain open, you cannot say churches cannot remain open, too. And it's like, it's a stupid argument. People are going to die. They didn't care. Anyway, this is... This is the religious freedom argument. And ever since the pandemic, mm-hmm. you've seen a lot of religiously conservative groups filing lawsuits, asking Supreme Court, asking other courts, saying, like, if any restri- if there are any restrictions mm-hmm. uh, on or any allowances, any exemptions to who can meet in the event of like a pandemic, churches have to be exempt from those rules. Otherwise, it's an infringement upon our religious freedom. Which is frankly not how that works. Which is not how it works, and it's insane. 
Well, in Arkansas, they are trying to remedy this. Guess who's who's doing it? Jason Rapert. Our no, no, Christian nationalist buddy who's no longer going to be in office because he left to run for lieutenant governor and lost. But one of his last acts is to sponsor a bill called the Arkansas Religious Freedom Amendment. And basically what this would do is it would allow Arkansans, is that the word, to sue their local or state government Arkansans. if they felt a policy decision got in the way of practicing their faith. But here's the problem with this bill. It says it would block it's the government. It's saying that Christianity supersedes laws of man, laws kind, of God, supersede. Kind, hold that thought for a second. You're okay. right. His, the proposal, because the language here is all over the place, but in general, it says the government cannot burden a person's freedom of religion unless there's a really good reason for it, and it's done in the least restrictive way possible. Again. Which sounds similar to the law that's already in place, but here's the difference. It doesn't define, like, burden. It doesn't mm-hmm. say substantial, unless it substantially burdens your faith, like the government can't do it. It just says, like, well, if it burdens you, if it's an annoyance Once at again, all. again, language the, is very important. Yes. And so basically what Rapert is doing is saying, well, last time the government said we are allowed to res- do restrictions, including churches, because the pandemic uh, is a big deal. And this is not going to get in the way of anyone practicing their faith. They could still meet over Zoom. They will still be able to listen to sermons. There is a way to do sermons and get them out to the public. We are not substantially burdening anyone's faith. Well, he got rid of the word substantially. He just, the new law that he wants to pass says if it burdens your faith, government can't do that. You can then fight back against it. That's what he wants to do. He wants to open the door for all kinds of wild lawsuits in the name of Jesus. Mm. But here's the problem. Like, this amendment, and this is what the critics have been saying, would have made everything way worse. Um, it would... Think about this. This is, is this a list kind of, of reasons. the Johnson Amendment, if, like, you take it away, it's actually bad? Is yeah, that kind yeah, yeah. of what we're looking at? Here's okay. the idea. The chair of the Democratic Party of Arkansas said, in theory... This could result in people citing the Bible to defend things like spousal battery or child abuse. Mm -hmm. If a court says, well, of course you can't do that. We're going to put you in jail. Well, you're infringing upon my religious freedom because the Bible says you cannot spare the rod. You can imagine conservative Christians saying, well, my faith gives me the right to ignore anti-discrimination laws or Mm -hmm. consumer protection laws or fire codes. Um, American atheist president Nick Fish said this. Doctors could refuse to treat LGBTQ patients because they think God wants everyone to be straight and cis. So why would we ever help you? You're already a sinner. Mm -hmm. Teachers could say, I can't teach this section on evolution. That violates my creationist beliefs. Business owners could say, I'm not hiring any women because God wants them to be at home. And if you tell me that the discrimination law says I can't discriminate against women, well, now you are burdening my religious faith. Um, so I don't have to listen to you. Like, if Amendment 3 passed, religious conservatives would have a weapon to jam up government policies, even when those policies make good sense, Mm. just by citing their faith as a weapon. Mm -hmm. And here's the weird thing. It's not just liberals against this. The funniest thing is a bunch of really dumb MAGA cultists said, this is going to give politicians more power because the government can just create a crisis 
that they say, well, this crisis overrides anyone's religious faith, so all the restrictions are back in place. I don't know what any of that means. It's like they're wacky conspiracy theories. But this meant you had liberals, critics of this idea, saying, don't vote for this because you cannot give religion this much power. They would use it as a weapon. And MAGA conspiracy theorists saying, what? We can't read these big words. We think this is giving government power. And here's Jason Raper telling his MAGA people, you guys, I'm on your side. This is helping our team. And they're like, no, you're a liberal conspiracy, you do. No. Like, they're all mad at him. And he's this guy's like, why don't, why don't these crazy people listen? to reason. It's I like, never dude, thought buddy. the leopard would rip off my <laughs> yes, face as the man who voted for the lepers ripping people's face so off. This so is, this is the uh, Religious Freedom Amendment that was Arkansas Issue 3. The that people got Freedom to Amendment. Yeah. I roll. And, we have that. And it's called the, the First title, Amendment. That meant people were like looking at this and it said, do you support like the Arkansas Religious Freedom Amendment? It was tailor-made for religious conservatives mm. in Arkansas to support. Guess what? Mm. It lost. <laughs> The amendment Wait, really? lost 50.4% no. to 49.6%. It finally, tonight, before I came here, got the check mark against one. Wow. Meaning Do Jason have- Rapert's little religious freedom bill did not pass. So wow. funny. Right? Oh, but I wonder, do you know how many people that represents that one, that Um, or whatever that difference is. I'll I'll tell you this while I try to figure out the math here. The against, Mm. 438,000. Okay. The four was 430,000. 8,000 vote differential. 8,000 people. Dang. Um, So 4,000 votes go the other way. It changes out of 868,000 votes. Mm. You get 4,000 flipping. That would pass, but like... Didn't pass Jason Rapert's last, oh. one of his last acts in office is to be a total failure again. Is he out of office now? Uh, he will be when, when they swear did in the new batch. Did he not run or did he lose? He had to quit in order to become lieutenant governor and then he failed at that too. Oh. I assume he's just going to go I, be a Christian nationalist. I'm and so sorry. I did forget about uh, those particular state politics. Um, I, I did have one more because this is one of the rare, uh, I have to criticize the church state separation group. Um, the Air okay. Force, the Air Force Academy, oh has a long history of promoting Christianity, evangelical Christianity, mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the groups that's been kind of at the forefront of calling it out, bringing it to people's attention, and pushing back against it is the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. So fine, they've been calling out like they're putting religion in this table to meant to represent veterans, mm. and there's a Bible on the table. But that's only Christianity. Obviously, veterans are not just Christian, okay. so you cannot just put a Bible in there. Also, why would a Bible represent veterans anyway? Yeah, like it's just one of those symbolic things. So like this is the sort of stuff they call out. Uh-huh. Or there are training sessions, but you have a chaplain who's involved, and it's always a Christian chaplain. Mm. And one of the things they point out is that the military code of conduct is even more strict on this stuff than like the constitution is because mm. the military doesn't want religion involved in anything they do like they Wait. want to accommodate your faith but they're very much like we do not have any religious preference in the military that's the opposite Every- of what you just 
said though. Didn't you just say the mil- oh the air force? Wait. Well, <laughs> specific groups, specific people might okay. try to say like, well, we have a veterans uh, display. And there's a Bible on the table. Oh, I see. So you're saying like individuals within the group, yeah. not the group. And then Military okay. Religion Research Foundation will write a letter saying you can't do that. Sure. In fact, the military code, the Air Force code, whatever, says you absolutely cannot do that. And they're right. And this stuff gets taken care of most of the time. So, again, all that's to say there's a lot of religious uh, extremism, mm. proselytizing in the military, MRFF here has done a decent job of calling it out, Mm -hmm. putting a stop to it. So this is their email that went out this week. And they said, uh, last week, October 30th, the Air Force Academy's soccer team was playing a game against like Seattle University. Um, Some soccer game, whatever. Last home game of the season at where uh, where the Air Force, at the Air Force's uh, soccer stadium. Which is where, Kevin? Colorado, Colorado, I think. Um, no idea. Colorado Springs? Yeah. But they were saying that the it was senior night. Mm-hmm. They're honoring the seniors. They're their last game. Senior college, yeah. Right? So one of the ways they did it is they put the players' banner numbers on a poster, like under the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. We're honoring your jersey number. Okay. Fine. Okay. And I look at, the, I, there's a picture of the banner. It's unremarkable. It's like, whatever, they're playing soccer, and you could see a banner with a bunch of numbers. I would not have paid given it a second glance. Oh, can I guess what this is? Mm-hmm. Is it there? It was like number 56 was next to number 66. And so it accidentally made 666 and people lost their mind. I I would have enjoyed that. Oh. You're not that far off. That's really? not what it is, but that is the type of thing we're getting at. Did somebody, is somebody's jersey number 69? No, that would have also number. been hilarious. Congratulations. Classic yes. humor. Classic so, funny when I was 12, funny when I'm 37. Turns out the last two numbers in the banner. Oh, boy. Jersey number three, jersey number 16. I'm done. That's all that happened. I want you to come around and look at this picture. So John 316. John That's 3, a famous the, thing. The idea here is that, oh, is this a happen. reference to John 316? This is the picture. You have jersey numbers. Like, that's it. And then the, what are the last two numbers on that list? Three and 16. Well, okay. So here's... Now, now that I've seen it, I want to point out that obviously it's in numerical order, except for the three has been transplanted in front of the 16. You have I made... I don't want to brag. I know all of the numbers up to 15. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every time. So what you saw there is what MRFF saw And here's the email they sent to the Air Force Academy superintendent demanding an investigation. I'm going to read it for you here. Seriously, General Clark, it looks like you've just done it again. Do you really have no shame, sir? It certainly appears that you and your senior leadership subordinates at the U.S. Air Force Air Force Academy have engaged in yet another act of willful and wanton, unconstitutional, fundamentalist Christian proselytizing. Okay. Jesus. This feels like a little... (laughs) Is it a bit much? So, a local reporter... I feel like you've really tainted the pool because you read it with such condescension. I feel like that's the only way you could read that. Yeah, that's... So, a local reporter asked the AFA your question, which is, how come that three is out of place? Yeah. Because it was in numerical order, yeah. except for that three at uh, the end. It was a choice somebody made. So is that because, as MRFF says, are you trying to push John 316 on people? Correct there. Or is there some explanation? Here's what a staffer uh, at the AFA said. 
After completing the first banner, our staff recognized that the number three was missing. To correct the oversight, the number three was just added to the second banner out of sequential order. It was done simply to ensure the player was represented as one of the three seniors. Okay. Now, I will freely admit... Okay, so it sounds like they made a banner. They screwed it up by omitting the three, so they made a second banner. Mm -hmm. But then they still found a way to screw it up because they put a three near the end, but out of order. It That story doesn't... Are you sure? Because you work with high school students and mm-hmm. I work with adults and they're all fucking idiots. So <laughs> I do not doubt that somebody could screw up a banner twice. Well, so I mean, look, and I'm not saying I'm smart enough to do It is entirely possible. Try. I don't know what the answer is here, but to jump from, all right, I'm sure some low level staffer was mm. trying to make a banner. They screwed it up. They put a three in there. And it's like maybe they found so an empty. Aggressive. Maybe they forgot the three and they're like, got to the 11. They're like, fuck, I forgot you know the three. The, Let me just put the three you know here. The skiniest numbers the are? One. Yeah. Three ones in a row. <laughs> like just <laughs> like, shut it right down there. <laughs> I'm saying there could be an explanation. You started writing the numbers, you forgot one already. So you just shoved it at the end. I'm yeah, saying guys, there are plausible explanations. I'm not going to spend time down. thinking. That was my reaction. Just. Whatever, who cares? There's Who's looking? Who is stuff. at the soccer game looking at that poster, noticing that that last two numbers don't yeah, look to be in yeah, numerical yeah. order, and then jumping to the conclusion that this is a subtle effort to get me to read the Bible? It's a promotion of John three sixteen. Be- which, oh I, my like, God, I, I want to number- say when I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, that looks like somebody did that on purpose, which I think is kind of bullshit. Um, if, so let's say you thought it was on purpose. What would your email would you be li- to I mean, the AFA staff? If let's say you went I ahead and sent it. compelled to right. write it, I would say, hey, I was at this game on such and such date. And here's a picture. I noticed that the everything was numerical except for at the end, it said John 3.16. This to me seems like a, a blatant promotion of Christianity, which if that's the case would be inappropriate. However, I trust that this was just an oversight and nothing like this will happen again. Mm-hmm. We always appreciate our continuing <laughs> relationship, uh-huh. and I look forward to talking to you soon. Best regards, Jessica. So the local reporter who reached out to the AF uh, to the can Air we Force talk Academy. About what a good email yes, I can write very on the nice fly. Email. I'm very good at emails. After the reporter reached out to the AFA, and they're like, "Look, it was a mistake. Whatever. We just some staffer did it." They reached out to MRFF again, and here's Mikey I, Weinstein, the president of wait, Military so it's Research American Humanist. No, oh, uh, Military Religion Freedom Foundation. That's the they original out to the church state separation group and they're like Mikey Weinstein what do you say about their explanation which as I've just pointed out not a great explanation Did I know Mikey Weinstein's uh, name it's all good now you do but Who here's here's what he's the head of the group that's complaining Oh, um, oh, 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 okay. Here's what he said in response to the a Air Force Academy's response. Okay. The blatant lie oh from the Academy oh in boy. its weak attempt to cover its ass yet again flies in the face of the Academy's honor code, which states we will not lie, steal, or cheat, nor tolerate among us anyone who does. But I guess the Bible trumps that pesky little honor code, right? Okay. Then MRFF sent out another blast to their email list that included a statistics expert who was like, well, the odds of three and 16 being placed together like that. Like, dude. Um, And then it goes on. I read through this entire email blast they sent out. Merely a coincidence or a mistake? MRFF knows for a fact that it was not. Oh, 
And that's why this latest, shameful, unconstitutional Christian proselytizing stunt was timely communicated to us by those in attendance and from others within your own staff. He went on to say they want to conduct an immediate, transparent, visible, and aggressive public investigation into the United States Air Force Academy men's soccer team's Christian proselytizing scoreboard banner incident. Dot, 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 dot. And then they said to the staffers... Um, you must be substantively, meaningfully, and expeditiously punished under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It was a very long letter. So I'm reading that. So can I just transplant you back to my Thursday? Uh Uh-huh. Well, um, I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. I was texting two of my closest friends, both of whom have gotten IUDs in the last month that they weren't planning on doing, one of whom is delaying pregnancy decisions because of what's going on in Kentucky. Um, I text with them all night to discuss what our plan was for them if it turns out their state was going to ban abortion. And I am not talking like... Oh, my God, we're going to flee the state. I want to be clear. We were making, like, real plans of shit could break bad, and you're in Kentucky, and you're in Louisville, right? Blue, blue, and we've talked so much, and I know I've talked about this on Blue Dot and a Red State, um, but to, uh, to be talking to two women who are on the precipice of Losing basic human rights to health care was um, not only devastating as it has been, but um, a reminder that elections matter and that the work we're doing, Hemant, you and I, isn't unimportant. And unimportant. Enough people have uh, texted me, emailed us, whatever, saying, oh, well, I was pro, was anti-choice until you guys talked about it, or I didn't believe in this until you guys talked about it. Um, all of that's really appreciated, but if our movement, the movement that Hammett, you and I are a part of, if we're going to throw shock and awe at the American military. It's the fight that we're going to take up that of some misplaced numbers that, yeah, worst case scenario is whoever is in charge of putting up the banner of numbers, which I do not think is a high-ranking official (laughs) in the military. And I don't know, I've never been, I'm not a military person. If you're willing to throw your whole fucking personal and professional reputation at this, then I'm not sure that we're all on the same page as to what we're doing here. So after, I agree. After I wrote my criticism of the five alarm fire, what the hell are you doing, Air Force Academy? You're all going crazy here. It's Air Force Academy. It's not even like, it doesn't matter. Keep yeah. Going. So after... Uh, After I saw this, like, out of control, in my opinion, like, what the hell? These, like, how dare you? It's two numbers. Like, you said, okay. Their teeth and ran with it. It was a easy thing to. to So I wrote about about it, and I was critical. And uh, my big argument is 
I think MRFF does a lot of good work. Mm. And they've called out this stuff with evidence, with proof, with pictures in the past. And I've written about it and I support what they did. This time it felt like, what are you doing? There's like, there's, if there's smoke, maybe there is no fire here. Um, I got an email from Mikey Weinstein mm. at MRFF. He was not happy oh, you don't say. with my take. So here's part of the email. I figured I'd just read a part of it yeah, for all please. of you. We all thought you were an ally, if Uh-oh. not a friend. Tragically, oh. you clearly are neither. Mm-hmm. But you sure made it your business to stab us in the back without any notice very viciously. Et to Hemant Brutus has nothing on you. Is this how you coach your children, your yes. students, to read shit for their speech events? the only events? way to read. Hello, my yes. name is Evan. This is how I speak. Is this how you he, give all your speeches? He said the part that pissed him off the most was the fact that I did not include in a quotation the fact, this line, there is backstory here you are unaware of. Which, that, if sir, it is, I didn't see it in your email well blast, then, sir, which I did That's read. your responsibility <laughs> to provide to us. Because you cannot tell me that some numbers are out of order and pretend that it's, a, again, five alarm fire. Later on, had so, you even given enough of a shit mm. to have even bothered to follow up at all, I could and would have expounded on that massively dispositive key matter. But you have destroyed any trust between you and MRFF. How convenient for you to not use those words to make your bullshit point. Um, That action was cowardly and beneath contempt. It was pusillanimous, mendacious, dishonest, defamatory, duplicitous, disingenuous, and despicable. Five exclamation points. Okay. Listen, I will stand for a lot, but one exclamation point or zero exclamation points. Oh, we then got in a giant texting fight that involved him like, let's talk right now. I'm like, I'm not, I have nothing. No, I'm not listening to you scream for like hours. Hey, Mikey, it's me, Jessica. It's your close (laughs) personal friend, Jessica. Hey, it's me. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit about what's going on in the world right now. I just want to say, if you have proofs, tell the world. Go tell us what you prove. Don't like hide it. And then make an accusation. Well, I want to talk a little bit about social capital. Hemant, do you know anything (laughs) about what social capital is? I try not. So basically what it means is any given person in whatever relationship they have with the community around them has a limited amount of quote-unquote social capital to spend, a.k.a. Um, if you care about me, I hope you can pay attention to this thing, right? So, like, mm-hmm. Hemant is my friend, and I spend my co- po- social capital on him, besides harassing him on this podcast, um, bullying him to bring in his kids to my to the barn where I work at. Yes. Which worked once, yes. right? And I spent my social capital on that, and you know what? I feel great about it. It was a, <laughs> a great day had by L. However, now this week, last weekend, I had a party, couldn't get Hemant there. I had spent all my social <laughs> capital and getting his kids to a pony ride yes so mikey there's some shit going on in the american military and i think you and i both know this um and i do appreciate that y'all have eagle eyes out for those little microaggressions because they're not fake they are real um but when you come to things like this, you need to consider your social capital. And so now, Hemant is telling me that y'all are going fucking ham over this. When I 
golly, I want to guarantee there's rape allegations happening in there. And like actual real things that in in the military academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like real problems. Real problems. Um, So if you are an ally, and by ally, I mean not just you want atheism to be everywhere. By ally, I mean you believe in the tenets of living a humanistic life, of the only reason we are quote unquote anti gay is because of religion. The only time we think women, the only t- reason we think women are worse or less than or subservient is because of religion. On and on it goes. So basically, what I'm seeing is y'all just shooting your shot on the dumbest fucking thing (laughs) I could ever even conceive of. Something that you can't even prove was malicious and even Or at least you haven't publicly. And even if it is malicious, it is a hand slap on whoever did that. Because again, (laughs) the person who's in charge of posters is not the person that, it's not our deep throat, right? Like this is not our person we're targeting. So gang, I'm just asking you to pick your fights and maybe look around to your allies around you who are having actual problems and actual rights taken away from us. Maybe focus on something that is going to actively help people instead of help nobody and hurt all of us. I think the surprising thing, I've dealt with this guy for many years, and it's usually like, listen, I like the work you do, but I have no desire to talk over the phone because it's just him yelling about whatever's eating, like, eating at him. I've had white dudes talk at me. Don't worry. So I'm like, whatever. Like, I'll, if you email me, I'll read your email, but I do not want to talk to you over the phone. But usually it's like, all right, I'll do what I need to do to write something up about it. And I'm like, all right. What was annoying is that this email, this, everything I just read to you in an email had like five people CC'd on it that also work with this organization. Not a single one chimes in like, maybe calm down like a little bit here. And here's my passive aggressive. You're going to love this. This is so quixotic, but not in a charming way. The thing I just read you, I think I wrote back and it was like one word answers, which you know had to be even annoying. Like, no, I'm good. We don't need to talk. Wait, (laughs) Oh, boy. This this sucks. You got... My little petty beef is... No, no, no. It shouldn't be because we have such limited resources as a group of atheists that it uh, is. I, he wants to make it very clear. Oh, is he, he texting is, you? No, he wants to just always make clear he's not running an atheist group. This is a church-state separation group. That is all. Does that make any difference to you? Not to me. I guess it can, It might to me. Like he, I think some media outlets, with the, when they write about MRFF, they say this is an atheist group, and he's like, "No, we are not." And he yells at the reporter. I assume. I get, I mean, I to me that's a little bit how James Randi was like. I'm not a debunker. Uh-huh. I debunk things. I am not seeking to debunk things. I am just looking into them, and if they're false, then yeah. So I don't know. I don't. Also, fucking I, semantics. I am shocked by the overblown reaction to something no one would have noticed ever. Like in a fucking moment. Unless they were out there looking for it specifically. It's. I very much have the gif of like a beautiful mind, and like I find patterns. Like the, the Charlie you're Day red me, red string. Yeah. Like you mean to tell me that. The Air Force Academy, which has a long history of proselytizing, no doubt, pushing yeah, Christianity, was like, let's go subtle on this one. 
we won't write the word John. We'll just put three and 16 next to each yeah. other. And then everyone will magically convert. Like, that's how you think like, they were trying to get everyone? The American military is pretty busy dumping billions of dollars into Hollywood. So they keep making, like, pro-military movies like Top Gun. Look it up. So I don't know if they're worried about, again, a paper banner. At a soccer game? Football game. A soccer game. Soccer game, which, no offense, it's America. Nobody gives a shit about <laughs> soccer, my dude. I'll Come back when you have football and we'll hit their heads together. No, you're not going to sign Love up. Is Love is blind. Go. Really I will quick. give you your minutes. No, no, no. Genuinely, all I have to say about Love is Blind is, well, I have a lot of things to say, but specifically, uh-huh. uh, it the, the contestant pool came out of Dallas. Which last year they came out of Chicago, like okay. kind of the north the North Shore of Chicago. So like fucking Fancy. understand what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a brown guy named Shake who was the villain of the the season. We have to talk about him. He's the to worst. Me. But this year um, they were all in Dallas, and as a result, many people were pretty religious okay. and conservative and yes. all of those things. And. I just want to point out to the world that there were at least two couples that can I think of off the top of my head that were like actively religious, talked about religion being an important reason they picked each other, were shown praying together before they did things on TV, all of those things. So all I want to say is when people are like, oh, remember we were talking last week about teachers being like, nobody's anti-Christian here. What the fuck are you guys talking about? I just want to say the same thing is true for media because I just watched fucking 12 hours of garbage on Netflix and there was so much prayer and I wish that was the worst part. (laughs) I have more things to say in the bonus episode. Um, You can leave us a rating or review on iTunes. While Um, you were looking for that? No, I have it. Oh, you have it. Great. Jessica Loves Old White Guys, November 3rd, 2022. (laughs) Five stars. Farm Librarian. Love that. First couple times I hated this show. Fair. Then I gave it a chance and couldn't get enough. Great news commentary from progressive slash free throat. God damn it. Okay. Great news commentary from a progressive slash free thought perspective. That's a tongue twister. Jessica's made me laugh and spit my coffee out on more than one occasion. I live for a drunken cackle. I'm normally not that drunk. Just really quick, Joe J., uh, three stars. Sorry, uh, love the content in the show. Hate the constant reminder that white men are trash. Sorry, I have no control <laughs> over the race. I was born Jessica. <laughs> I love when people full name me. If this hate keeps up, I will stop listening. Hemet, there's an update. Update. <laughs> I honestly tried to keep listening because I think Hemet talks about relevant subjects. But the last episode I listen listened to, not listened to, JoJ, sent me over the edge with Jessica's white man hate. Not comments, but blatant interruptions. There's equally good content out what there without the do hate. do you think is worse? That you hate white men or that I hate everyone, which includes white men, but also all men, and which includes all people? Well, I think I'm worse because I'm a woman who has those opinions, mm. which is just sort of something we're all going to have to I deal see. with. Like, genuinely, like, even the five-star reviews, people are like, hey, Jess, I'll, also, I'm getting five stars, but <laughs> chill. <laughs> It's uh, fine. I had the worst fucking two weeks, and now people are being mean to me on fucking Twitter. Oh, we'll talk about that in the post show. <sighs> um, you can find me at Hammond Meta on whatever is left of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, are you, you going to leave? I mean, I'm no, not going to leave. This is Twitter. all I have going for me in my life. I'm truly over the moon to watch Elon Musk fuck this shit up. It is pretty it's funny. It's just so. 
so wonderful. I've, I've seen other people say this, but it's like, Zuckerberg, this is your chance. Just make a clone. Go. You have the money. Just make it easy to transfer everything over. I will give Facebook. So you want Google. Zucks to buy Google. Twitter? Just buy Twitter. Not buy Twitter. Make a Twitter sub. Oh, like, there's well- nothing unique about Twitter. It's let me post some stupid shit and Can follow the people I want to follow. A thing about Google. Google been... could do that. Facebook could do that. Dude in his basement could do that. Think, I'll go to any of them. I think not Google Mastodon, is like low-key out the game because like I've been thinking a lot about like the shit Google could have done with like the mass market they have and all they did was make a shit ton of money and now Google is on you. Have you ever tried to like Google like how many cups in an ounce or it's whatever shit? It's all I shit. Google. It's Lots genuinely just like it's ads. It's nothing. I'll take all, the maps ha- and Gmail, but like make me a Twitter clone. No, I will the maps jump. Are great. I will jump to Truly. the clone. But the point but the thing is, is, you can't you can recreate re- shit like this because hard. you need the gr- the mass. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing about Twitter. You get the a core group of people who at once say, "All right, we're all switching and going over here." Everyone will start following the mass exodus begins. What does that happen to MySpace? Mm, there's there like I know I only about fo- MySpace. I only follow a small We've handful migrated. of people. I only follow a mm. small handful of people. The rest I could live without. It's fine. I follow them because I care about what they have to say. But aren't so you if, concerned about your followers to put out what you're doing? Or wait, what's your I don't, main I don't primary get money thing off about, of the followers? No, but you know? you're promoting the thing we make money off of, or the sure. thing you make money off of your blog, in theory, which... In theory. <laughs> like, but that's the thing. Like, I can... F- yeah, it would suck to lose the crowd I have built up, but that's the nature of social media. Sure. But if the people I like to follow moved somewhere else and mm. we could rebuild it there, I would go if there was something yeah. useful. That's why I don't get the, we'll all go to Mastodon or whatever. I'm sure it's better than Twitter in terms of, like, you don't have Elon there. But all my people that I want to follow are not there. Right. The people who follow me would not necessarily be there. Right. So it's like, until you all leave, I'm I'm staying with the ship right now. Yeah. I mean, I do think we also have, like, severe recent, recency bias as a culture. And specifically, I think, about social media. Because really, like... Five years ago, half the shit we use now every single day was not really part of anything. Like Snapchat is still extremely new, mm-hmm. and it's already old. Oh like, yeah, like, things rotate through quick. Rip Remember Google when Google Reader? Um, I know. Well, oh yeah, people were fucking pissed when Google Reader I was Reader pissed about left. that. And then there was a different company that sprang up and said, "Hey, just click Still here. We'll migrate space. everything you had." And I've been using it ever since. Honestly, it blows my mind that tech is universally terrible when all they do is have money and time. Yeah. And again, this is me and my therapist only talking about this. Nobody gives a shit about anything, and this is going to be my spiral. That was everything I had for the bonus episode. So <laughs> I don't know what you want to do. Okay, we'll figure something we'll out. Figure it out. First. We'll talk to you all <laughs> next week. Bye.